find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Now, last week at the end of the five-year anniversary show, I did a little teaser for tonight's show. And I told you that we're going to talk about Am I normal if? Now, that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. First of all, let me introduce my guest, who is Dr. Susan Kay. Susan, it's great to have you with me. Hey, Nikki. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to meet your radio family. There you go. It's a good-sized family. (laughs) For five years' worth, I'm sure it is, and congratulations on that. Well, thank you. Thank you. That was Awesome to get to, to have that celebration last week. I, I wish my voice was better, but that you can't have everything, right? <laughs> so, now, you know, you and I are going to have, first of all, I have to tell my listeners, because I mentioned a good friend of yours, well, actually a mutual friend of ours. I mentioned her on the show quite a bit, because I just, I just love Tova to death. I just think she is mm. so And I haven't gotten to meet her yet. One of these days, uh. I'm going to But... Tova Fader, who I mentioned on here quite frequently, that I've worked with for ages, is also a friend of yours. And you all have worked together in all kinds of stuff. And actually, yeah, she's a, a colleague and co-founder of our institute. So we have worked very closely for probably 25 years. My goodness. And, you know, actually, we haven't talked about the institute on here before so so they're going to get to find out from that about that from you today which is that's cool i like that and i have actually interviewed her about her book that we worked on um sex is the least of it so we're going to be talking about some of that information and you also know brian gibney who i've interviewed on here so we're, yes, we're just i do know brian there's all kinds of little connections here <laughs> <So>. <laughs> It's a, it's a small sex family that we have, too. <laughs> I know. Well, there's just all kinds of sex positive people. So, you know, we, we just, we, you know, lots of connections. <laughs> so, Love it. You know, you know I, went, I went to your website, and I was looking around, and I wanted to share a couple of the paragraphs on there before we get started that I really liked. So just to kind of give the listeners a little introduction about you. So let me share this, and then we're going to dive in. It says, my goal is to guide you as you discover your body, your emotions, and your feelings, engaging you in personal experiences to enhance and inspire day-to-day celebration of physical being. Now, the listeners know me, and they know the kind of stuff I talk about, so I have a feeling they're beginning to understand why you and I are going to get along. (laughs) So... So, and let me just tell you all, too, listeners, that Susan and I are going to be working on a project together, okay? So, y'all, y'all are going to see why, why we're, we're, I just, we're going to get along. <laughs> so, okay. now, let me, let me read you the rest of this. It says, I understand the difficulty most of us face in achieving personal aspirations of love and relationship, whether you are a single male or female, and for those couples who are striving to balance it all with family responsibilities and the desire to maintain the spark in their romantic life. My unique career path has helped countless people remove years of emotional pain, trauma, secrecy, and ignorance and enable them to reclaim their lost pleasure birthrights of celebrating our physical being, exquisite sensuality, and blissful sexuality. Wow. 
I really I wrote that. Jeez. I like that. <laughs> I really, really like that. Hmm. I, I, and, uh, yeah, and it's really the truth. I mean, it's really the truth. That just that sums, Thank you. That sums up so much. And I, wow, I, I, I really, I get that. And it just, there's so many people that applies to too that just need that information, you know. And and there's so many people. You know, honestly, we need to include that in the introduction of the book. I just, I'm just putting mm-hmm. it out. <laughs> we need to include parts of that at least. Yeah, so. and to give your audience some distinctions, um, when you say we all need, you know, what you're hearing inside of those words, and the context of sorting out through feelings and emotions, emotions come from the mental space, the the mental things that we ruminate about. The feelings come from the body. And we get it all mixed up. You know, we just think, I'm upset. Right. And we don't take the time or the ability or or have sometimes even people that have the know-how to sort through what's the emotions, what's the feeling, what's going on from the neck up, and what's going on from the neck down. And that's why the words that you you read back just ring so true to me is because we are doing body and mind work in a way that I feel I can still say no one else does. Well, and, and you know, it was I, I was putting together notes for today's show yesterday, and I was talking to a friend of mine. And so I was kind of explaining it. And I figured, let me, let me kind of go through and just explain the book and what we're going to talk about today and all this to somebody out loud because I've been going through it all in my head I said but I want to explain it out loud to somebody you know and and he's 16 you know so it was I was putting it all out there for him and explaining it and we we talk about everything imaginable you know so I I knew we could we could sort through it and and it was it was cool talking to him and and watching his reactions you know his facial expressions as I was talking about it and and it was so cool watching the the interesting things that you know and and that was like what you were saying with some of the things being mental and some being more physical and you don't think about the differences between what's mental and what's physical and and then I was telling him some of the stories that you've told me about some of the, the different people you've talked about or talked to and worked with you know and some of the things that you'd never imagine what happens when you're so young and then the impact it has on you when you're older. And and it was so much fun watching his reactions to the stuff I was telling him, you know. But it's so true. And I've I've said on here so many times, and I think I even said last week about a couple of things, that there's so many things in our life that we're not taught how to deal with it, you know. And reaching out for help, that's, that's not a sign of weakness or failure on our there's nothing wrong with getting help to have a happier, better life. We, you know, we should do that because we want to make our life better and we want to be happier. You know, those of us in this community, you know, like we were just talking about, like you and me and Tova and Brian, we're trained and are spending the time to learn how to help people because, number one, we've, we've been in both positions and we want to help people have happier, better lives, you know. So 
reach out to somebody that's got this training and learn how to make your, your life happier and learn how to sort through all of this, this craziness we don't know how to deal with and make our lives happier, right? Right. There's, there's, and you say it so well and, and so um, easily understood that people can slip themselves or see themselves in that position where they've gotten some things from childhood or gotten some things along the way. And we have this stigma in our culture that you, you don't look at mental health. It's okay to look at physical health, and it's perfectly fine to go out and get a golf coach or a football coach or a tennis coach or go to a doctor and get help. But for some reason, we still have this that if you go for neck up, uh, coaching or support that you're looked at sideways. Um, I, I do think it's changing in the 30 years I've been in that the people that come forward will say to me, I never thought I'd ever talk to a shrink or that I would um, put myself in the position and, and say the things that I've said to you. So I do see it changing. People are feeling that it is just like getting a coach and building a toolbox. Just like if you're going to build a house, you need a toolbox. So if you're going to build a wellness uh, life for yourself, you need a toolbox. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. I, you know, I, I think coaching is a fantastic profession. I never even knew it existed until I met Dr. Ava. And I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I I realize so many people have got to be in the same position I was and don't even know this is an option. So that's why I love having the radio show. And and I really wouldn't be surprised if well over half of my audience didn't even know that, that coaching is a thing, that there are people that are trained to help people in relationships learn how to do it better. I, I never knew it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad there are. That's a great. That's a great thing that they that the folks that would tag on licensing or permits or certifications. I mean, I know there's certifications, but those folks who want to charge money and have people pay every year or go get their CEUs and all that to maintain a license. Um, haven't gotten a hold of it because with all that comes regulation. And right. that's why I didn't get any um, licensings. My degree is sexologist so that I have the freedom to design my practice the way that I choose. Right. And that's right. what you get with the, the title of coaching. I, ha- I, I used sex coach before I got my my degree. I was a sex coach here for uh, the Philadelphia Coaching Alliance, which was back in, oh my goodness, um, early 90s. Right. Well, I've got the three certifications with Dr. Ava. I've got a certified master's expert, I'm a certified relationship coach, and a certified love coach. And I, I mean, that, that covers the gamut of the courses that I went through. You know, and then within that, I can then model it the way that I want to present it to the public. So I love it. I absolutely love it. Good for you. 
So it seems to be working pretty well so far. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Seems to. Okay. Five years later. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, like I said, with the radio show, it gives me a chance to, to reach so many more people on a weekly basis than I could do, you know, through just one-on-one coaching. Easily more. Okay, so let's talk about this mind-body work that you do. Tell us, tell us about that. And, and you know, people, people in the audience have prob- probably heard, they may not know a lot about it, but they've probably heard of these two people called Masters and Johnson. Maybe they even saw the Masters of Sex TV show, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So tell us, tell, how, do, how do those two things kind of... Um, are, are they tied to each other in any way? Mm-hmm. Any any connection yeah, well, with that? Right. So M and J really started the whole concept of body work. You know, they came out of the '60s and they were losing their jobs at the hospitals and sometimes getting arrested for hooking people up and <laughs> literally finding out pulses and heart rate and degrees of sweating, intensity of orgasms, you know, all those things that we kind of take for granted today, which is known as the sexual response cycle, which is still the core teachings of uh, folks that go through training to be a sex therapist or a sex educator, probably sex researcher as well, because that's who M&J really were. They were researchers. And so they were studying what happens to us physiologically. And then they started to notice bringing couples together in a therapeutic setting where you, a couple would come in to work with a, I call them either the neck up folks or the talk pros. <laughs> if you look at our site, uh, imbtinternational.com, which is Institute for mind-body therapy, we have named it Talk Pros and Touch Pros so that there's a distinction between the neck up people and the neck down folks. And so M&J, we're seeing clients, mostly couples, for therapy, and they started to incorporate what's called sensate focus exercises, which they also created, but I, I say I think they stole some of it, either knowingly or unknowingly, from Tantra, because it is a lot of the same Tantra results is that we touch for our own pleasure, not touch to get someone else to a goal, which puts everybody under pressure. And so that's where they started to bring touch work so they became touch pros (laughs) working as talk pros and what happened was single males mostly were coming and saying hey you know we have issues too and we need help so they started to train surrogate partners women primarily to work as a substitute partner so that men with dysfunctions or shyness or late light virginity or whatever they were walking with that had them disconnected primarily from their body and then unable to share or step into 
relationship and share someone else's body. So the, the women were trained. This was the early uh, 70s. I think 1972 was when IPSA was formed as a professional organization. And I think your listeners have um, had some of that history through Brian. So I, right. I won't go into that. Or My dissertation is on my personal website, which is just my name, Dr. Susan K., Dot com, so you can find my dissertation on there, and it talks about the history and really talks more. My hypothesis was that the socialization skills, that of teaching the, the guys how to go out on a date, how to ask for a date, how to handle acceptance, how to handle rejection, how to learn to dance. Uh, we taught them to dance. We took them, made them go to Victoria's Secrets and buy lingerie. Like we had them see themselves as that guy, that guy that they thought they never could be. And so the socialization skills along with the touch skills of the sensate focus and having a practice partner just is a therapeutic process that has not been in, in any way um, comparable to what we have today still. Yeah, that's, that's what I loved about working with Tova when, when we were doing the book. Was, was, and, I, and the title just couldn't have been more perfect, is getting people to understand mm-hmm. it's not all so about true. that. There's yeah. so much more to the surrogate partner therapy because it's it's the overall, you know, working with the person because there is so much socializing and there's there's all these I mean there's there's so much involved in being involved with another person. Yes. Well, our culture is just focused on pelvises banging together. You know, pick <laughs> up any magazines. Ten right. ways to make every woman go wild. You know, I mean, right. we're just we just have that, and I think it comes out of our that sex is for reproductive purposes only. So it's only right. what our genitals are doing is of value. Right. And so we're shaking all that up with teaching your whole body is erotic potential, and and right. let's get you know your head out of the way so we can awaken your other ninety percent. Well, you know, you know, I've I've got an ebook I wrote, and it's um about kissing from head to toe, right? Mm-hmm. And and even in that, I left out any any mention of oral sex whatsoever. Okay, none whatsoever. Every other part of the body, I I included kissing in some way whatsoever, right? And and a friend of mine said, "Well, you missed the best part." I said, "Now wait a minute." I said, if you're not kissing every other part of your partner's body, you're missing a whole lot of parts. <laughs> you know, you're missing a whole lot of good stuff. So, you know, but yeah, people, yeah, it's, they're just, it's, you're missing a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> right. So that's, that's what we do is we teach that, you know, for me, sex, I mean, our, you know, our largest sex organ is communication. Can we talk about it? Can we be honest with ourselves? Like, do we communicate with ourselves about what we like and what we don't like? And then right. can we share and communicate with a partner? That's where it all really begins, remains juicy, and um, till to, to we grow old and when sex becomes not for reproductive reasons or things don't work like they used to, 
with communication, verbal communication, we can still have yummy physical communication. Well, you know, that's, that's something I say on here so often is, first of all, you have to know what you enjoy, okay? And, and then you need to communicate that to your partner. And you can't, communi- can't communicate it to your partner until you figure it out. You just can't. Exactly. And they can't read your you. you know, yes, exactly. Yeah. That's where we tell folks we start. We start with you with you because you can't share or give away what you don't have. Yep. Yeah, and so that's so I came I grew up in the therapy I mean the sex surrogate uh family. I became a surrogate in nineteen eighty five and worked until ninety two and what I learned and found like that was a whole time period of all these different kinds of hands on experiences and opportunities and practices coming in from across the ocean, you know, meditation get you out of your head and feel your body more, yoga, union of the, the body, mind, spirit, you know, things like acupuncture, chiropractic even, and massage, coming out of the massage parlor mentality, uh, Reiki, Shiatsu. I used to have to drive an hour or so to get a class, you know, because this was all so new. But I saw that this was not going to go away. This whole movement of somatic arts was going to explode. And so once I did finish up and get my degree, um, I started training people in 2000 to do what I did as a hands-on practitioner, both as a surrogate but also working as a massage therapist for Dr. Bill Staten and Carol Nettleton in our office here in in Pennsylvania, I would put hands-on folks who were struggling with, am I a male in a female's body or vice versa? Or, you know, I just am numb from the neck down. I don't know what happened to me. And we start putting hands-on and stories come up or people get underneath the massage table or go lock themselves in the bathroom because trauma memories housed in the cellular memory of the, the physical body were having now opportunity and permission to come forth. Right. And so once I started training people to do what I did, not only as a surrogate, but as a hands-on practitioner, and I took Masters and Johnson's triadic model, which was the, the clinical therapist, the neck up talk pro, and the uh, neck down surrogate and the client, that was the triad, they were all communicating and talking to each other. I call it the expanded triadic model where I include and we train uh, anybody who does any kind of neck up work like meditation or breath work. Um, We have folks that are... um, nurses and doctors, we have trauma, the EMDR work as far as folks that are on our teams, and for the neck down work we have cuddle therapists, massage therapists, energy workers, um, again medical people, all the way up to surrogate partner. So we really provide a wraparound service and they get to have different hands-on, they get different skill sets, and they get to feel comfortable in the presence of other people with their 
being with their bodies and sharing some of their deepest, darkest secrets and also being able to learn how to communicate and share themselves. Oh, wow. That is so cool. You're doing some stuff I didn't know about. Ah. Yeah. That's what the expanded triadic motto is. Their classic motto is, is, is just the surrogate with the therapist right. and the client. The expanded motto, we include everybody that wants to come and train with us. We do trainings. I train uh, neck up people, how to work with neck down and vice versa. There's right. you know, protocol. There's paperwork. There's questions. I always say you're only as good in your therapeutic process as your questions are good. Because yes. you're asking the right question that's of deepest value for folks. Well, you know, it's, it's amazing because not everybody can ask good questions. You know, it, yeah. we, we can't, can't craft good questions, I think, is better. Because, I mean, anybody can ask a question, but you have to be able to craft a good question to get the, get the response you need. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. When I was growing up, Dad would, would be doing some kind of a, 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 a class or whatever, and he'd always go, can you, can you put my questions together for me? <laughs> so, <laughs> and we'd go in and they're like, you're supposed to learn that one. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, but you're doing the class. He goes, yeah, but they don't like my questions. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, repeat that class. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, I don't either. <laughs> you know, so, and we'd go in and they'd like, did he do the questions this week or you? I'm like, no, I did that. Oh, shoo. Okay, good. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Okay, so, so with the, the triadic model we're talking about, between either theirs or yours, what kind of clients do you think are served best with these? Anyone who is not connected, who, I don't like negatives, who is disconnected from their, their bodies, and in that, I mean, not somebody goes to the gym, works out every day, but that is part of it sometimes. Um, but the sensations and the feelings, remember we talked about the difference between feelings and emotions. Like, what do they do with feelings? What do they do with their fears? Uh, what do they do with their insecurities and their shyness? And we all walk with some level of feeling we're going to be judged or we're not going to look and here it comes our next segment is we're going right. to appear that we're not normal right. because everybody wants to fit into that normal box and even though it changes monthly with Cosmopolitan or Men's Health magazines, what's normal, we still have that um, kind of guidepost as am I normal? And so the disconnects that happen from parts of ourselves we don't understand or we think are weird or nobody else does this. Um, I mean, there are, that's who ser we serve the best. And I, and I think it's underneath whatever people come in with and say, this is, oh, nobody's ever had this problem. I'm sure you've never heard this before. And they'll go, I have premature ejaculation. I'm like, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's a few of you out there. You know, like if we think it, our issue is the, we're the only one walking around with this. And so it's taking out that stigma, like let's just find out what's natural for you and work with that. Right. And forget about normal. Right. Well, you know, there's something so, that causes such a relief 
when you realize you're not the only one with a problem. You know, it just I I had so many of those after after my my dissection and my surgery, and there was just so many bizarre things happening that I just I couldn't explain. And you know, anytime I tried to ask the doctor, they're like, "But we saved your life, aren't you thankful?" You know, and I'm like, "Yeah." You know how how do I deal with day to day? You know I'm I'm thrilled to be alive, but how do I deal with day to day life? You know, and right. and so and then I found a support group on Facebook of all places. You know, and I can go in there. I go, okay, here's what's going on. Has anybody else dealt with this? And 20 people go yes, and I'm like, oh, phew, thank goodness. You yeah. know, yeah. you know, right. and it's it's not so much normal, but it's like you know this. This is I'm not abnormal. <laughs> you know? yeah. you know? oh, I think that's you know. the same thing, just kind of flipped it around yeah. with different Yeah, ways. you know. I, I I don't ever strive to be normal. I gave that up decades ago. But you know right. but at least you know, it you know, and I think for so many people, because, you know, well we we've been posting on Facebook from time to time and, and people that, that are connected to me know I've been asking a lot of normal quote unquote questions lately. You know, and so many people automatically go, well, I don't want to be normal. Well, okay, neither do I. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes it's, it may not be that we want to be normal, but we want to, we want to feel accepted or part, of the, or part of the group, you know. Mm-hmm. We want to feel that, that we're not so totally unnormal, abnormal, abnormal or whatever, you know. But it's, it's more, we, we just, like I said, we just feel accepted, you know. We feel that we're not mm-hmm. so un unnatural or un whatever you know we just we want to know that we're we're okay you know sometimes we just need to know we're okay maybe that's it uh, for me i i just reduce the all the, the the definition of love to accept yeah you know, that we just want to be accepted for who we are and so when they say love your neighbor it's like just accept them love yeah. your partner which can be erotic love or uh, agape love or uh, family love, love your parents regardless. I mean, it's all about just accept and set your boundaries. Yeah. You know, I don't no, like, like this term, unconditional love. I think there are conditions. And, well, yeah, it's just accept them and love yourself first. There should definitely be healthy, healthy conditions and healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've seen what happens with, with un, unconditional when it's not healthy. That's bad. Mm-hmm. But that, uh, yeah, <laughs> that can get really ugly. <laughs> that, that could be a five-hour show. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, one for each year. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm sure I've given that many examples. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Okay. Now speaking of being normal and whatnot. There's another model that you created and mm-hmm. called Plain Damn You. Now, first of all, how in the world did you come up with that name? And then I want you to tell <laughs> us about it. I, I, since the day you told me that, I, I've been dying to ask you that question, and now I get to ask. Oh, oh <laughs> I don't know. I didn't tell you the story because I usually make sure everybody knows. <laughs> nope, nope, you haven't told me <laughs> So um, I had professorship at a uh, local college here in Pennsylvania, and it was back in the early 2000, 
and the, the gay lesbian question was a hot topic like is it nature or is it nurture are they born that way or is it because of absentee fathers like all this kind of you know you have to figure out the the, the category so they can again put us in that box um, so I had uh, students that were straight out of um, high school so they were you know late teens early 20s and they're like you know what is this thing with gay are they is it because of this or that and I said how about if it's just like who they are what if it's just like plain damn you and it just came out of my mouth and I drew this wheel on the wall and I made it into like a peace sign I said here's your nature that's one-third of what we get like what you're born with here's another third the nurturing that's what you get like the external stuff where you live is there money is there religion uh, you know are you born in a box you know all those things again we don't have any say over either of those then the bottom part of the pie was plain damn you like you come in with your own set of um, lessons and your own mission your own gifts that you're bringing to the planet your your own snowflake your your own um, what you want to leave to the to the world you know your own fingerprint and then I grew the the bottom of that pie up through the other two I said when as you you grow and you learn about plain damn you and you embrace yourself you can throw out some things from your nature and your nurture like my dad was an alcoholic and his dad was an alcoholic and his dad before that I'm not going to be an alcoholic so you throw that out the nurturing part maybe there was strong um, religious uh, upbringing and they're like I, I don't do that anymore so okay so you throw that and you pick and choose not get thrown to and be loyal to a system or an ideology that doesn't serve plain damn you and as we grew up through the nature nurture up through the top of the wheel you become self-actualized adult Maslow's theory on how you become you through trial and error and you know sometimes struggle and and just commitment to who you are your snowflake <laughs> Right. And I do this for every client now. I make them draw it out, or if they're with me, we draw it out, and I say, hang it on your bathroom mirror, hang it on your refrigerator. And when you're making a decision, take a look at that wheel. Is it coming from something you got from family, the biology, or is it something you got from your nurturing? Or is this really you with you? Because right. that's what we're going for first is you with you okay so not all those other outside influences but from our inner self and our individual so so when you're saying snowflake and all that that's uh, what makes us an individual it makes us unique we're all yeah. unique definitely yeah so we you know to to bring our gifts that only us can bring you know and these other pieces of the puzzle I, I tell people I see them as jigsaw puzzles you know we have all these pieces some we got from you know biology or the nurturing and and they're always going to be part of you it's just that if there's a big piece sitting on your heart 
Right. Like you had some sexual trauma and now you can't connect uh, in the ways that you would like with people, then let's take that big piece from your heart and make it a little piece in your foot. <laughs> it's always going to be with you, but you'll be in charge of it rather than it being in charge of you. Right. Give it a whole lot less influence over you. Yeah, and it's not that we want to cut it out or eradicate it or, you know, you make your parents bad people. you just like, look, they did the best they could. They got what they got. They didn't have any say. They didn't get to choose for the most part or, you know, whatever, how we can accept, i.e. love them, helps us to accept, i.e. love ourselves. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, everything that happened in our life up to now made us who we are this moment. Everything. Exactly. See, I say that on here all the time. Because <laughs> it is. I mean, every, everything that's happened is part of who made us us, you know? So Exactly. We just, we just got to figure out how to deal with all those things, all those pieces of the puzzle. Well, it's always, you know, it's always a daily, okay, what's today going to bring? You know, we get right. today to to make it better, say, okay, I made that mistake, and uh, now I won't, I learned that one, now I won't do that one, or, you know, our inner manager, becoming our own inner management system, right. is really the, the strength that, w- the muscle we need to build. How do we manage, we can't manage other people, we think that if we could just get our spouse or our partner or the girl down the street to do what I want, you know, it, no, it's managing. Yeah. Not going to happen. <laughs> your inner uh, mental, emotional, physical right. self, you know, how you take care right. of yourself. Right. So am I normal if? Now, the reason we keep asking these questions is because we want feedback, don't we? Yes. <laughs> because In a big way, like not to write a book about <laughs> a whole book, <laughs> a whole book, yeah, yeah. And not a we, Kinsey size, but at no. least uh, you know, a couple hundred pages. Well, and, and you know, we might call the book something like "Am I Normal If?" You think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could be, could be. That's my vision. That's my. Vision. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. Might change your mind. <laughs> Well, not unless my uh, editor makes me change it. Could happen. <laughs> you never know. I mean, they do that at the last minute. I've heard stories. She's like that sometimes. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, she's tricky. <laughs> okay, so now to, to stop being goofy. Okay, now to, to let the listeners know, the, the tentative title of the book is Am I Normal If? And... This is this is Susan's vision, and what if if you had to give a short synopsis of the book, how would you explain how you what you envision the book being about? Yeah, um, I want people to be able to see through the pages and other people's stories or what they say is their their deepest, darkest question or secret is that other people struggle with what I'm struggling with. Like we started out talking about, I mean, that we find out we're in a big boat 
Like we're not by ourselves, you know, and that's why I tell these guys, it'll say, uh, 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 I, I struggle with erectile dysfunction. Really? Well, you're in a big boat. Really? Yes. You know, and then we have place to work. And I was in a, I, I did a presentation for a supervision group for a therapist down in uh, down Texas, and there was 12 people in the group. And in that group, I had them, I pass a paper around. I'm doing this now everywhere I get people together. Okay, you got to fill out this paper. Am I normal if? And just put in, you know, what's, what's your question? And out of 12 people, three, now these were, there was one guy, so it was young women, like, you know, early 20s, probably maybe late 20s. Three of them wrote, am I normal if I don't masturbate? Okay. You know, so I was really like, wow, I wish they would be able to talk to each other. They're sitting right here with each other, you know, and, and they're, they're, they're sitting in something because they're going to be sex therapists, and they're like, I don't even sell pleasure. I don't know if I have the right of passage here to be a sex therapist. You know what I'm saying? It's right. like when we withhold and we keep our secrets close. And so my hope is by opening up the conversation and being, ha- being a-, a place where people can say, am I normal if I do this, you know, under um, the written word and, and undisclosed and anonymous and all that, it's still like opening that door to right. wellness. And so by putting in a book where other people can say, wow, this, this person has the same question I do. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I think so I see it as a therapy book as as much as information and really kind of a I don't know if it's gathering data or not, but in some ways I see it as gathering data to help people know you're not alone. I think in some ways it will be. I really do. Um mm-hmm. Actually I'm gonna fill out one of the forms too. You don't know that yet, but I am. Um <laughs> <laughs> But under my real name. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Well, I figure, you know, I, I should go through the process too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think it will be enlightening for a lot of people to, to see what other people are going through and have gone through, um, especially because of the, the message of the book, and to, then to help them see especially the people that have filled out the form themselves, I think it would be very enlightening for them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's um, I mean, it's going to be interesting. be very interesting to hear people's responses and reactions afterwards. But that's... Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to finally be getting this off the ground and, yeah, see what we generate and create. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm really looking forward to to diving into it and, and I mean even just the, the few that I've seen so far have been interesting to see what people are, mm-hmm. are sharing and what they've they've been through and and I'm I'm getting really curious now you know the more and when I talk to people that I know I'm like I wonder what they would answer, you know, and it's just I just I'm getting very curious <laughs> about that now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so Oh, that's good. I haven't thought of that one yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, the people that I know parts of their story, you know, and then I talk to you, and, and, you know, the more we talk about the different pieces of it, I get, well, and being a coach especially, I'm kind of curious going, you know, I wonder if, and then and wondering about the missing pieces of, of people's, the, the missing pieces of the puzzle 
of people that I know wondering if maybe you know if maybe certain things could have happened in in their you know in their childhood or when they were growing up that could be reasons for things that kind of thing too always always looking to try to find the answer to help people so well and some of the different things in the table of contents because what we would like to do is extend an, an invitation for the listeners if they would be intrigued is to participate now uh, we're still kind of working out some of the details um, as far as uh, sharing the stories um, we will not be revealing who you are and like your address and all this good stuff. So there is anonymity for people to participate. Um, it's it's more sharing stories as far as in a helping way to say this this is something that um, like a young woman has experienced or a young man has experienced that sort of thing. Correct? Yeah. We I don't know that we've exactly figured the language out yet, but with inside stories in some way, yeah. Right. But as far as sharing, like, people's names and that kind of thing, we're we're not going to do that kind of thing. Right. I wouldn't mind having it have demographics, like an age group. Right. Maybe gives us, you know, some demographics. Gender, age, maybe region that they're from, I think does make a difference. Because obviously, if the person's from different different regions of the country, will make a difference. I think right. in some background, but I mean, names do not need to be included. They just that no. does not make a difference. So it can be anonymous that way. Because I know normally that's that's the thing that would concern me. I I wouldn't want my personal name revealed if I'm going to share personal details about my life. Right, of course, and maybe how we identify in our orientation could be categories too. Categories like other, like gay, lesbian, trans, right? Um, you know, so that they also can see camaraderie inside of their right. True. Group. Mm-hmm. Very true. Well, and that would be certain things that people might want to look for. If if there's certain things that that is something that they're specifically looking for that they questioned about themselves, then they can look right. for that in the book specifically. Very good. Well, some of the things, too, do we want to, want to let them know some of the things in the table of contents like that we're going to specifically focus on? Like when you mentioned you with you, what does that mean? Well, you know, your relationship, every, you know, we've heard that always. You know, every relationship start, starts with you. Right. And your relationship with yourself, do I like myself? Do I not like myself? Am I ashamed of myself? You know, what are those those pieces that I bring to the table of relationships. And so that's what we build a toolbox around first, knowing yourself, knowing your strengths, your weaknesses, and how you manage all that. And then how do you share with another? And and I tell clients, you will now be the teacher. When you are in a relationship or starting down that road, um, to a relationship possibility, you'll have a toolbox where you'll say, let's sit down and talk about our next steps rather than falling into bed with alcohol one night and fumbling around trying to figure it out and then somebody, can I say dick on your show? You just did, but yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's dick doesn't work. 
because <laughs> I sometimes I talk to my clients because it's normalizing. This is my nose. This is my ear. This is my dick. Right? Like it's just right. body parts. Um, <laughs> and so to normalize and not separate out those parts, but that's what sets people up for failure is doing it like the magazines say or, you know, every woman will love this. No. Does your partner know if her left labia is more sensitive than her right labia? My guess is probably not. And so let's, let's have you be the, the educator now, the teacher, the guide, the, the communication guru. <laughs> like let's talk about it. Let's get a book. Let's sit down together. Let's plan our first night together. There you go. It gives you so many options, and then the security that you feel, and then we build sensual and sexual self-confidence. And that's really you with you. I like it. All right. Well, and we're going to have an entire chapter about you with others, which is analyzing your relationship with other people, which obviously is going to have a major impact. Now, in the questionnaire, what sorts of things do we ask people? Well, I mean, we played with doing either just finish the sentence, am I normal if? Right. You know, we could have that be one category. How I did it, I, I started gathering data for my future book back in 2000 when I had professorship. And their first assignment was to write a five-page paper mm-hmm. about their early sex messages. Like, where did you get your sex messages? And I broke it down into, like, those first formative years. Like, what was the history of how you were, where you were raised, how you were raised? Were you raised by parents, by foster, by grandparents? You know, what, tell me about those first five years. What do you remember? Did you feel secure? Was there trauma in the home? Did mom and dad or whoever uh, were your, your first models for relationship? Did they, did they love each other? Were they affectionate with each other? Was there obvious uh, problems or you felt the disconnect? You know, like, what did you feel? Because those first five years, we don't have cognition on board. We're not thinking about, oh, geez, mom and dad are having a bad day. You know, we're just feeling like, oh, what if those two leave the house and who's going to take care of me? Who's going to feed me? Who Am I going to be taken care of? So it's those first five years that I first ask for. And then I want to know, was there a religion in the home? Because that can make a difference in how the messages people get about bodies. And then where did you get your sex messages? Did mom and dad sit you down with a book? Or was it from the church? Or was it from a neighbor? Was there trauma? Did someone teach you through inappropriate uh, behaviors? And what was your experience with self-pleasuring? Where did you um, learn about touching for pleasure? Or how did you feel about it when you found out there was pleasure? Like... Those, those very first imprints, it's called imprinting, that sets us up. And then the last one, uh, and I think we've written these out to potentially possibly put them in the book, or maybe as chapters, not sure. Tell me about your first sensual sexual experience. And, 
you know, it's just, it, oh my gosh, Nikki, we just watch it when I'm sitting with a 50-year-old virgin, right? And right. so, depending on his messages he got from his parents, he saw them fighting all the time, and he made up his mind at five, I'm never getting married, or I'm not putting myself in this position, right? So, then you go on to the church and says, you know, you don't have sex till you're married, your body is filthy rags, and then you get into, like, the first time you attempt to kiss a girl, and she goes, ew, get away from me, you have cooties, or whatever. <laughs> and then the, they try and have sex in the backseat of a car, and he comes off immediately, and she says, oh, you're a lousy lover, get away from me. The guy never tries again till he's 50. Right. Come see us. So you can see it. You can track the patterns. Right. The patterns that we get that are threads. I look for the threads to what got us here. So, okay, we got what we got. I'm not doing psychoanalysis. We're not going back and fix mom and dad. We're not going to fix your first broken heart. We're going to start from right here, right now. Get you with you and then get you with other. Right. Those questions may be, I know we've played with that. Um, and I think to, if people are willing to do an in-depth um, uh, participation, great. Let's let's have that, and then we'll also maybe have just in the back for fun. Here's the demographics of of who answered just the question in my normal list. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting. So I like I'm looking forward to it. I really am. It's it's just the stuff I've seen so far has been really interesting. And of course, any it's different. I don't think anything out is out there like this because number one, I made it up. <laughs> Very true. I mean, plain damn you. When I stand up in front of a bunch of professors or at Widener University, I'm going, yeah, I'm looking for plain damn you. They're like, oh, who is this crazy woman? <laughs> but when you when you get to the basis of who we are, is you know, it just puts it in a simple way that people can understand and take themselves on. Because, yeah, I am playing damn me, and, and, and I deserve the, the rights and the opportunity to be my snowflake and my own, my own gifts that I've brought to the planet. That's it. Uh, Very true. I am looking forward to it. So this is Susan's brainchild and something she's been working on, but she's bringing me in, and, and I, get, I get to ghostwrite the book. I am looking forward to it. <laughs> so, Yay. Yes, so yeah, I am looking forward fun. to it. Me too. It's going to be it's something else. Like I said, I'm, I'm already having a good time enjoying it and learning new things. <laughs> and I, like I said, I am, I, well, I, I've loved working with Tova. I have learned so much working with her, and so this is just, between between Dr. Ava and Tova and now this and wow, <laughs> so. hmm. good stuff that the average person can understand that you don't have to go through years of therapy and working it through about mom and dad. It's like, look, you know, let's just forgive, forget, love, accept, move on, and and learn how to work with what you've got, and be happier. So people and everything that comes in, all the questionnaires are confidential. Okay, so it's it's confidential. Your name will not be used in the book. We just want the information so that we can share it and help other people. So that's just any anything that's revealed will not be your name will not be used anywhere. All right, we just we want to be able to help you and other people through the the pages of the book. 
So what I'm going to do is I will have a copy of the questionnaire, and that will be available on my website. All right, so you all know that I, I always create a page for every show on the website. So if you go to www.readyforloveradio.com slash if if you go there, and you will see a thing that says Download Questionnaire. Click there, and you'll be able to download a copy of the questionnaire right there. All right, and there will be a series of questions. Like I said, I'll, I'm, just, I'm, looking forward, I'm looking forward to filling out the questionnaire. So, and, uh-huh, lots of interesting answers. So. There be two books here we'll have to think about. You never know. Yeah, what could come out of it? So, but kind of I've been thinking about my answers. Been thinking about my answers. <laughs> so, All right. But, uh, lots of interesting, lots of interesting possibilities in here, and I know we had had quite a conversation going through potential questions and and potential stuff. So lots of lots of potential stuff. I mean, talking about early relationship messages we get f- between family and and friends, and early sex messages, and the impact religion has. And I've done a show about that. That I really we had a good time with that. And self-pleasuring and first attraction and first intercourse and, and then putting it all together in the book and helping people understand how it works. I'm glad you came on with me today, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the listeners and getting their feedback after the show. So, so Dr. Susan, I had a really good time, and I hope the yeah, listeners enjoyed the show. Yeah. And, um, you know, after your audience. After we get this all done, we'll have to have to have a wrap up and follow up show and and help the and see what what else we can share with the listeners. How about that? That'd be great. Would love that. Yeah. All right, we'll have to do it. Continue to grow our family. I love feeling <laughs> us as a family. Those That's it. Who walk with us and who walk with people such as yourself? <laughs> that we're all on the same path. We're just doing our our part with our. Yeah. Unique snowflake, <laughs> but we're all big, big family. And like I said, just all, all kinds of little connections between between you and me and other people I've had on the show. <laughs> so. Yeah, see that we're a really close family. Relative. That's it. All right, and listeners, if you've got questions, uh, feel free to contact me through the website on the contact page, and please consider checking out the questionnaire and doing that because we would we would love to include um, your story in the book. And like I said, if you've got questions, send me a message and let me know. So, listeners, I'll be with you again next time on Ready for Love Radio. 